When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! All right, Devils fans, it is exactly 3.02 p.m., so... The trade deadline is basically officially over. We'll see if any other trades kind of, you know, slip through the cracks here at the end. No other trades can start to be made at this point. And this is a very big uh, trade deadline special that I had for you guys. And we have two guests joining us here for this one. My first guest here today is somebody that a lot of Devils fans and certainly a lot of Rangers fans uh, know very well. He does content for Bleacher Report Open Ice which covers the NHL and hockey. And he's also one of the hosts of the Blue Crew podcast, which covers the New York Rangers. It is with great pleasure that we welcome on uh, the one and only Johnny Lazarus. Johnny, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? Thanks, Neil. I'm good. I'm, I'm actually curious now that you've introduced me as someone well-known in the Devils community. What's my reputation like there? Uh we, we tolerate you. I think that's really okay. the, the word that I, w- I would say. Uh, a lot of a lot of Devils fans definitely know who you are, uh, especially mm-hmm. after I made the announcement that you're coming on the podcast. And, uh, you know, obviously just in the Rangers community, you're, you're incredibly well known. And, you know, considering what both the Devils and Rangers have done and what they might be in store to do in the next month and change, uh, we definitely wanted to get you on the podcast, man. So, again, we really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I'm sure – you got to be pretty excited with what the Rangers ended up doing at this deadline. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember the last time I was that excited to watch a regular season hockey game last night. Um, you know, it truly was like a, a really special night. And, you know, as someone who grew up idolizing Patrick Kane, like to see him in your own uniform is just something you can't really put into words. Then obviously you add Vladimir Tarasenko to that equation as well. And it's kind of just like, it, you know, it's funny. I, so I was, uh, you know, a story I haven't told out loud yet. I was talking to a friend last night. We were watching warmups and we're like looking around the rink and it's like, you know, 
Adam Fox from the Norris Trophy like two years ago, and he's kind of an afterthought right now. Like that's and that's no disrespect to Foxy because like he's obviously one of the best defensemen in the NHL. But there's so many big names on this team now. It's crazy to think that when you think about the Rangers, Foxy's probably like the third or fourth guy right now, which is yeah. you know, like that's nuts. Like he sh- he should be like you know if he's getting his true flowers, he should be one or two. Um, you know, in my mind, he's a top five defenseman in the league, and. Um, you know, when you add these big names, it's it's pretty crazy to think like Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, or Temi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad. Like, you know, Zibanejad's become a, a household name now as well. Um, just a really exciting time to be a Rangers fan. And, um, you know, I am I am praying that we don't run into the Devils in round one, to be honest. I'm rooting for the Devils to win the Metro and, and have the Rangers play Carolina in round one. Well, I guess we get, I guess as, as Devils fans, we could kind of take uh, at least that from it all. And uh, I think... I think it's fair to say, I mean, I don't know when's the last time we could really say that we have a true uh, NHL, you know, super team. I mean, we, we talk about it and we see it a lot in the NBA and, you know, we, we see it all the time, but we don't see it very often in the NHL. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the situation that we're in right now when you look at what the New York Rangers have done. And they certainly were active, not just, I mean, today, obviously in the deadline, they didn't do anything, but that was kind of to be expected. I think they pretty much made it clear that they were pretty much done. And I wanted to kind of go through the trades the Rangers made and also get your thoughts on the Devils acquiring Timo Meyer um, as well. So we'll, we'll kind of do this really quickly in kind of trade order of, you know, when it happened. So the first one, like you mentioned before, Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikola coming from St. Louis in exchange for Sammy Blay. So he goes back to St. Louis. Hunter Skinner, a conditional first in 2023 and a conditional 2024 uh, fourth round pick. So I know Tarasenko scored last night in the game against Ottawa, and he has certainly played relatively well since he got over to the Rangers. So give me your thoughts so far of that trade um, and how it's benefited not just with Tarasenko, but also with uh, Mikola. I think it's funny. Um, you know, I think before the Flyers game, people were like, Tarasenko hasn't really been that impressive. And then, you know, he gets two assists, scores the overtime win, or all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, we fucking love him. Uh, I don't know if I can curse. Is that a, is Yeah, that a, you can. You can. Uh, you totally love him. Okay, because I definitely let those slip every now and then. But uh, yeah, no, that that's just like kind of the the response right now, right? It's like any any New York fan, and New, New Jersey's probably the same way. It's like, what have you done for me lately, right? Like, you can score a hat trick right. if you go five games without a goal. Like, no one gives a shit, you know. Um, it's just kind of how kind of how it goes. So you know, Tarasenko right now, I think uh, he was loved right away, scoring on his second shift with the team. Uh, definitely a good start. And Nico Mikula, he's he's been kind of uh, you know. He's becoming somewhat of a whipping boy, I think, for the Ranger fans because he's due for a minor penalty in every single game, from what it seems. Um, you know, I think he's been right. in the box every single night that he's played. But listen, he's trying to play physical. He's trying to, you know, bring that grittiness to the Rangers that everyone wants to see. Um, he's a big body. He's got to, you know, be that physical presence on the back end. Um, you know, I think it'll it'll come along. You know, I don't think he's been so impressive thus far, but he's doing good things. You know, he's not necessarily standing out so much. But I don't think he's been like that big of a liability outside of minor penalties every now and then. Um, but yeah, as far as Tarasenko goes, I mean that goal last night, like you know, I, I think he owes Cam Talbot a nice dinner for uh, undressing him twice now in his career. At Madison Square Garden, he did the same exact goal when he was on the Blues against the Rangers when Cam Talbot was in net. So um, yeah, it's a little fun. But yeah, I mean, also something I I didn't really know about Tarasenko either. Like you know, just watching more interviews and watching press conferences now because I'm more engaged, more interested. He's a really lovable guy. Um, you know, he really wants to be here and seems like a really good teammate, really good, uh, overall around person. And that's something you'll see in the organization also. So, um, you know, you love to add, 
not only good players, but good people. And I think that's a, a huge thing as well. And it's, you know, you've, you, it's funny that you mentioned about, you know, Tarasenko really loves being with the Rangers. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, like a day or two before he was traded to the Rangers, uh, he had mentioned that during last offseason, uh, the Rangers, the Devils, and I think the Islanders, all three teams in the New York, uh, New Jersey area, um, were teams he was interested in going to um, that he would have um, he would have gone to if there was a trade on the table for him. So it's kind of interesting. So I guess the Rangers saw that as an opportunity to then jump in, and that's exactly what they did. And uh, yeah, Tarasenko has certainly played well, scored goals in back to back games, and has kind of done a really good job of fitting on that first line. And uh, you know he's fit in very seamlessly. So that was a really good move by Chris Jury. The next one that I feel like, and I definitely want to get your take on this, Johnny, because I feel like. When I've spoken to a lot of Rangers fans, they say that this was one of their quote-unquote under-the-radar favorite moves, and that was uh, acquiring or reacquiring Tyler Mott uh, from Ottawa in exchange for uh, Julian Gauthier and a conditional 2023 seventh-round pick. And uh, obviously Tyler Mott back on the uh, the bottom six. So how has um, Mott coming back to the Rangers been for the Rangers and the fan base so far? The Ranger fans think like Tyler Mott's Wayne Gretzky. It's the craziest thing. Um, and I and I listen. Tyler Mott's great. He does a lot of the little things uh, very well, and I I love him as a player. But like, I was also very high on Julian Gauthier. Like, I was a huge Julian Gauthier fan. I thought he had all the intangibles. Um, he's got that size, speed, strength. He just wasn't really given the opportunity, um, you know, to fit in the lineup where he should really belong. But Tyler Mott is more of a guy that you need in that role that Gauthier was playing in. So like, I do understand the move but i don't think like tyler moss like you know 10 times more of the player than julian gauthier is it's just the role on the team i think that he fits more so i think it's great that they brought mott back but obviously mott gets hurt last night i don't know the report yet on if he's um concussed or not uh he took a pretty tough hit last night from austin watson uh, in ottawa like right to the head looked like he got concussed um and mott was hurt a lot last year too so uh you know it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out he's obviously a really important guy come playoff time that block shots kills penalties and you know does those little things that might not go on the stat sheet every night but you know he, he's a big uh you know guy to have so all the ranger fans are happy to have him back um i'm happy to have him back i'm sad to see julian gochet go but i'm also happy to see gochet get a you know an opportunity on a good team like ottawa where he can uh you know be more of a factor and the senators have certainly been playing very well coming off obviously last night that win at Madison Square Garden and have won, I think, what, 11 of their last 15. So um, the Senators have really, really picked it up of late. Also, just want to quickly mention Devils fans at the time of this recording right now, the Devils have confirmed via Amanda Stein that they are officially done. So the Devils are done at the deadline. Uh, And again, we'll see as we go along here what other moves end up being made by the rest of the NHL. And the next trade that happened, which kind of was like the beginning of the Patrick Kane deal ending up happening was the Rangers acquiring uh, William Lockwood and a 2026 seventh round pick in exchange for uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, who goes to Vancouver. And I know Kravtsov has certainly been, as you know, I'll kind of use your word, a whipping boy from Rangers fans over the last you know couple of years and obviously demanding to be traded and things like that. I mean, at the end of the day, Johnny, is it fair to say that Kravtsov just, it just wasn't going to work out uh, with the Rangers? Yeah, uh, there, there's honestly like, and, and, you know, no offense. I'm just so tired of talking about craft stuff. Like, it's been like this for, you know, a year. I was um, like that with Pavel Zaka. So, yeah, don't like, about it. I get it. Listen, not everyone you draft is going to work out. It's it's right. just part of the business, part of the way hockey goes. Like, craft stuff is one of those guys where it just didn't work out. And, you know, he looked pretty good in Vancouver last night. That clip's going viral that he possessed the puck for 30 seconds below the goal line. And right. everyone's saying he never did that for the Rangers. But, like, 
listen, man, it's a, it's a change of scenery. You want to make a good impression. His, uh, you know, off the ice stuff with the Rangers was never really uh, aligned. Um, but listen, these things happen. Are we going to be upset in a year if Krause was not here? Probably not. Like, whatever. Yeah. Ho- 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 hope the best for the kid, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so again, I think I think Rangers fans and also Kravtsov, I'm sure, are just kind of relieved to finally have that relationship end and everybody moves forward and kind of go from there. And you knew that, especially when the Patrick Kane rumors really started to pick up uh, last week, that he was one of the guys that was going to end up getting moved or even cut. Uh, and I think the Rangers got to give him credit. They got a couple of assets for Kravtsov, which obviously, they, you know, hindsight, look a year, you know, a year earlier, he might have been going for more. But still, at the end of the day, they got what they got for him, and that's kind of how it goes. And so finally, the big one, Johnny, you knew I was going to obviously bring this up. The Rangers acquiring Patrick Kane and Cooper Zek uh, from Chicago in exchange for Adam Walensky, a conditional 2023 second, and a conditional 2023 um, fourth-round pick. Also, as Arizona likes to do with literally every team in the NHL, they like to get involved. Uh, Chicago adds, ends up acquiring Finnish defenseman Vili uh, Sariarvi from Arizona, and the Coyotes receive a 2025 third-round pick uh, from the Rangers to retain 25% of Kane's salary and with the Blackhawks retaining half of the salary. Um, is there something you wanted to add on that? Not to totally cut you off, but John Klingberg just got traded to Minnesota. Wow. All right. So Klingberg uh, <laughs> was definitely somebody that uh, yeah. was rumored to be moved. I think Anaheim knew that at the beginning when they signed him to that one-year deal. And so he is on his way to Minnesota. So kind of, a, I, I guess, really quickly before we do the Patrick Kane thing, your, your thoughts uh-huh. on, on that move really quickly. Well, Klingberg's a guy that's been talked about for a while. And Minnesota's been like, you know, a, a team that's very mid, right? Like they remind me of like an Islanders team of, of, of the West. Like they're good, but they're not like scary. You know, Fair if that enough. makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, I think. You know, the Islanders, you, you can compare like Barzal to Kaprizov a little bit, right? Like two guys that stand out. Kaprizov is obviously, you know, much better than Barzal is. I'm not saying they're on the same level, but, mm-hmm. you know, superstars that need more around them. Um, you know, getting Klinberg on the back end for Minnesota is, is really big for them. And they're a team that is going to make the playoffs. And um, if they get good goaltending from Flurry, they, you know, could go far. Um, you know, that, that West is pretty much wide open. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's a good ad for them. But I, I didn't want to you know, talk too much Klingberg, but I just saw that and I was like, oh crap, you know, 315 yeah. right now. So kind of coming in late. Yeah. And also uh, James and Reed reportedly was going to be traded to Detroit. And for whatever reason, uh, which I haven't gotten the details off the top of my head, uh, the deal fell through to Detroit. So JVR at, at least for now, I think is still going to end up staying in Philadelphia, which uh, I think if you're the Flyers, you got to be a little bit disappointed. You weren't able to get JVR off the books, but again, mm-hmm. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, again, you know, moves like Johnny just mentioned, Klingberg going to Minnesota, they're going to come out, you know, after the deadline only because they were being in the works prior to the 3 p.m. deadline. To kind of clarify for everybody, no team after 3 p.m. can start to make a trade with another team. That is really what the deadline is for. So we'll see. There's been a couple other minor moves that have happened. Um, I think Jordan Greenway got traded to yep. – Buffalo. Think, what was it? Yeah, it was Buffalo. So we'll see if they can kind of turn him into a – Solid penalty killer. But yeah, obviously, Johnny, the the real, the main trade I want to get your thoughts on is the Patrick Kane one. I mean, to get Patrick Kane, you know, uh, a superstar player, a guy who wanted to go to the Rangers, he basically said to the Blackhawks, trade me to the Rangers um, or else. I mean, that was pretty much the way he put it. And the Rangers got him for 
not to be disrespectful to Chicago, but basically nothing. Um, and yeah, he had a he had an okay game yesterday, um, last night in his debut. Um, he's going to take some time to get used to playing with everybody, not just you know getting back to playing with Panarin, but everybody else. But honestly, Johnny, you got to give me your thoughts on acquiring yeah. the man they call uh, Showtime. It's not even just him getting used to his new teammates, but it's also, you know, a lot of the younger guys getting used to the fact that they're playing with Patrick Kane and like not deferring to him. Right. Um, you know, I think that's been a big thing as far as line combinations go, you know, with the Rangers and with Gerard Gallant, whenever he's like had Kako or Lafreniere playing with like a Kreider, Mika or Panarin, you know, typically those younger kids are deferring to the older superstars. So mm-hmm. I think that's an adjustment, but, Patrick Kane's also been talking about how he really admires the way the Rangers play, and especially those younger kids that are high draft picks, how they play a little bit more physical than you tend to see high draft picks play. Um, so not only are the kids and and you know the team as a whole going to learn a lot from Patrick Kane, but Kane's also going to learn a lot from these younger guys, and he might get a little rejuvenated. You know, I think uh, you know this this year in Chicago is a little bit difficult for him to really motivate and uh, you know. I guess step up his game because he knew he was probably on his way out. But I think coming to New York, a place he's wanted to be for multiple years now, is just going to make him feel like reborn in, in a sense. Um, and last night, I don't think he played his best game, but I also don't think he was bad by any means. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he made a lot of good passes and had like one or two good scoring chances. But then again, like, it's going to take time. Like, these things don't happen overnight. Not everyone is like Vladimir Tarasenko who scores on his second shift. But, like, you know, that's also just being in the right place at the right time. Like, I think, um, you know, there is a lot of hype around it. And and I think, you know, we might be just having this crazy perception of what this team should or could be, when in reality it's going to take, you know, they're probably going to lose in Boston on Saturday. Like, I'm not expecting them to win that game either, you know. It's just it's how it is, right? Like, let the hype settle down a little bit. Let them find their footing, and then they'll figure it out. Um, you know, they didn't get Kane and Tarasenko to win games in February and March. They got Kane and Tarasenko to win games come May and June. So right. uh, as long as they figure it out by then, you know, I'm not worried. But I'm so fucking excited. Like, I, I could not stop smiling last night whenever he was on the ice. I mean, I don't blame you at the end of the day. I mean, every Ranger fan got to be going absolutely nuts to acquire both Tarasenko and Patrick Kane at the same, you know, in, in the same year. And, uh, I mean, just the job well done by – Chris Drury, as much as that really, really pains me as a Devils fan to say that, really good job by uh, Chris Drury. Now, two more questions really quickly about, you know, Patrick Kane and the Rangers before I get your thoughts on the Timo Meyer trade for the Devils. Uh, the biggest question mark, obviously, for the Rangers that has been brought up even before the, the Rangers acquired Kane was the fact that you have an elite top six scoring and you have offense galore. But the big question mark is the what they would say lack of defense, maybe not just from the forwards, but certainly on the back end as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And in terms of going into the playoffs and having a situation where maybe your offense is not really clicking and, you know, rely more on your, the, the team's defensive game. Like, I, I just want to get your thoughts on all of that. This is something I've been talking about for the last like 48 hours. And it's a little bit difficult um, because I do think Colorado last year somewhat showed that, you know, defense doesn't necessarily win championships, although their blue line is really strong. But like, you know, Darcy Kemper wasn't necessarily like standing on his head every night or, uh, you know, Pavel Francois, who came in every now and then and played also. But, you know, if the Rangers are able to click offensively, like the best the best defense is a good offense, right? Like if you have right. the puck. And, and, and the Devils should know that, uh, you know, out of anyone. The Devils are, like, one of the best puck possession teams, I think, in the NHL right now, you know, averaging, like, you know, second or third most shots a game, um, mm-hmm. you know, really keeping the puck out of their own end because they're so busy playing offense. Um, you know, aside from that Colorado game the other night, that was a little bit of a mess. But, you know, I <laughs> think, I think it, 
Yeah, what crazy game. But I think it goes to show, like, if the Rangers are clicking and playing a ton of offense, like, you know, the, the games like Winnipeg last week where they had 51 shots and let up 21, like, you know, if Igor is making those saves, like, and, and the pucks are going in, like, that's, you know, what everyone wants to see, right? Like, you want right. to see your team out shooting, out chancing other teams, like, two to one or three to one. Um, and those defensive breakdowns are fixable. It's not like the D is, you know, weak and they, and they can't figure it out. Like, you know, a lot of it is just not making simple plays and, and trying to make too many fancy passes and crisp passes when you can just, you know, go high glass and out, like just get the mm-hmm. puck out of the zone. You know, uh, I think last night they were trying to break the puck out a little too cleanly where, you know, they turned it over a lot in the neutral zone. Um, that's something that they will clean up in the playoffs, I think, when literally every puck possession matters and every turnover matters. It's just right now the the style of hockey doesn't necessarily get so intense until like post deadline time, which is what we're mm-hmm. you know about to enter. So, you know, if they're looking like this defensively in a month, I'll be a little more concerned. But right now, I think they'll they'll figure it out at some point. I figured that was going to be the response. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the response that I've seen from a lot of you know different you know Rangers fans and things like that. So, I mean, it is going to continue to be a topic of discussion for you know analysts and media people and things like that. So, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Um, with that. So the last question I have for you, and it's a very simple one for the rain from the Rangers perspective is simply this. Is it fair to say that it is cup or bust for the blue shirts at this point? I mean, I know it's probably a dumb question to ask, but I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious it's cup or bust, right? Like how could you say anything otherwise? Um, you know, that being said though, like, you know, I've said this multiple times just about, enjoying what we're about to watch um you know if the rangers don't win the stanley cup i won't be like heartbroken i don't think it's now or never mm-hmm. like a lot of people do uh you know will they ever have this much talent maybe not but talent doesn't always necessarily win the championships so like as bad as i want it to be this year i i do still think like there's still time to learn and grow and get better and you know and i always think about this now since mckinnon won last year took him nine years to get it done you know like mm-hmm. nathan mckinnon came in and, and colorado was in shambles um you know for a couple of years they were last place like right. really went through the ringer uh and they were able to figure it out the rangers haven't had any of that you know like we've been in this you know this rebuild uh for five <laughs> years and the, there was like maybe two seasons where they didn't make the playoffs in a rebuild which is crazy mm-hmm. um so you know i'm not gonna like lose hope if they don't win this year um, but I, I do think like it, like on the surface level, it definitely is cup or bust when you add this talent and have this kind of roster before next year, things shake up with, uh, the cap and whatnot. So obviously the, you know, with, with, with regards to your Hudson river rivals and, uh, our lovely New Jersey devils. And when I say our, I mean, I'm talking to, uh, for what it's worth. I love the devils. I'm not a, I'm not a devil's hater. I like, I've always said it too. Like I, the, honestly, like if I had to hate one team in the NHL, it's the Penguins and, and not, not even like a rivalry thing. That's just like growing up. We always played Crosby and, and like, I like, I love, like I do like Sidney Crosby as a hockey player, yeah. but like I hated him as a Ranger fan. Yep. Um, but the devils, man, like they're so fun to watch. Like I love Jack Hughes. Uh, he's awesome. I've met him a couple times. Actually. He's the man. Nice. Um, easy guy to root for. And you know, the, and the devil's being good. I didn't mean to cut you off. I don't know if you're going to ask. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just want—I just wanted to make sure, like you know, I, I don't want to—I'm not a Devils hater, like I—I I do. Well, you, you, know, well, actually, you cover the Rangers; it's kind of the stereotype of just yeah. assuming. 
But you know, my my hot take coming to the season, we had Mike McKenna come on in the uh, on the Blue Crew in the summer, and I said the one team that's going to surprise and make the playoffs this year is the Devils. Like that was my like I'm so proud of the fact that the Devils are doing well because it makes me look fucking smart. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I actually have a I have a parlay going right now on FanDuel. It's the Devils, the Stars, and the Oilers to all win their division. It's two hundred bucks for like eleven thousand dollars. So. Wow. My fingers are crossed. I'm hoping the Devils get the division win, and that's that's somewhat of an emotional hedge because, well, it's not an emotional hedge. I guess we're betting against whatever. I don't know. Um, but listen, if the Devils do win the division, I'll be happy, and not only because you know I'll win that parlay hopefully, but also because I want the Rangers to win the first round. I want the Devils to win the first round. I think both teams deserve it. Yeah. I don't think either team should go home after the first round, and. I will not leave my apartment if the Devils beat the Rangers in round one. Like, that's going to suck. Like, like I don't want them to lose to the Devils. I'm so afraid of that. I think anyone's lying if they're not. Yeah. Um, but back to you, and I'm sorry. I just wanted to make that clear that I am, like, a devil supporter, if anything. My co-host shits on me all the time for it. Okay, so, you know, I, that was, I wasn't expecting that, but fair enough. I I'm sure my listeners right now are like, um, don't know how to feel about that one, but okay. Uh, it's reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like, yeah, right. Ver reverse psychology going on here. But yeah, I mean, obviously the Devils have uh, been the surprise of the NHL and, you know, third overall right now in the NHL. And potentially after tonight, depending on how the Hurricanes game goes against Arizona and the Devils uh, later tonight against the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, um, could be potential that the Devils could jump the Hurricanes uh, into first place in the Metro. So we will see what happens with that. But obviously, John, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Timo Meyer acquisition for New Jersey. I also want to mention really quickly, Devils fans, the Devils did make one other move. They made it at the deadline. They acquired Curtis Lazar from Vancouver in exchange for a 2024 fourth round pick. Um, basically for, you know, uh, third and fourth line, you know, help, especially on face-offs, which we definitely do need that on the bottom six. So yeah, so there's that. And uh, I'll get, uh, I'll get my buddy, Andrew McKinney, who covers the Boston Bruins, um, because Lazar is actually a former Bruin for any of you that did not know that. But anyway, Johnny, your thoughts, man, on the fact that the Devils, they knew the Patrick Kane deal was going to happen. So they knew they had to get the Timo Meyer deal done uh, a little bit ahead of time. They got it two days in advance. But your thoughts on the Devils acquiring Timo Meyer from San Jose? I mean, what, what, what bad thing is there to say? Uh, I thought they stole that trade, honestly. Um, you know, everyone thought they were going to give up Dawson Mercer, who's like the hottest goal scorer in the NHL right now. They didn't give him up. Um, but this Devils team right now, to me, is like, I don't want to say like stacked, but like, you know, definitely a respectable team. Like, you look at their roster, you know, I, I don't think, listen, their, their, their lines are a little bit balanced right now. Like, is Andre Pilata third liner? Probably not. But like, Maybe I guess that, that's the way that the Devils, you know, I don't pay attention to the Devils line charts so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I think everyone would agree that they have a pretty well-balanced, you know, four offensive lines, right? Like Jesper right. Brad and Jack Hughes have been a dynamic duo all, all year. Nico Heischer has been great. Dawson Mercer has been great. I think Tatar has been, you know, pretty solid from what I understand. I haven't like... He certainly has been playing well of late, that's for sure. Yeah, I've seen him a lot as of late. Um, you know, their, their back end isn't like crazy. Um, you know, John Marino has been a huge surprise this year. Dougie Hamilton has been great. Uh, and then the goaltending, Vitek Vanacek's been as good as you can ask for, and he's been a surprise too. Like, you know, the Devils' goaltending has been a nightmare the last couple years. Um, you know, and uh, to have a guy that's pretty steady is a huge sign. But back to Timo Meyer, like he just makes this team that much scarier. You know, like mm -hmm. they already have so many offensive weapons. Like Jack Hughes is, 
you know, I think anyone would say now, anyone who doesn't say he's a superstar now, I think just doesn't watch hockey. Um, you know, I think he's really just come into his own and he dominates play. He drives play. Um, you know, he, he could probably work on his shot. I'd say his shooting is, you know, the next thing that he needs to develop a little bit more because if he can let a one-timer rip or, you know, come down that, uh, that half wall and, and snipe every now and then, I think that'll make him that much scarier, but you know, what's he got like 30, 36, 37 goals, 36, this year? goals, right now. 36 yep. goals. All right. I had it right the first time. I don't know why I doubted myself. 36 <laughs> goals will probably finish with like 45, 50, even if I had to guess 50 might be We're a stretch. Banking on 50. That's the way we look at it. We're banking on 50. There's what? 20 games left. 15 goal, 20, or 14 yeah, goals yeah, 20 20 games. Games we have 22 right now at the time of this recording. That's a tough ask, but it's possible. Um, but yeah, I think Timo Meyer just comes in and, and, you know, right away, just like, you know, not only does he like similar to what Kane does, right? Like he's just going to free up more space for Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt to make plays, um, you know, and I think they might cater to him or defer to him. But then again, how could you not? Like the guy's got 30 goals, like can score in almost yeah. any situation, um, you know, and, and I'm just excited to see Timo Meyer playing some some playoff hockey because I don't think we've seen him play in the playoffs yet, have we? Or maybe back in like he has played a couple of years. You know, 19. he was in San Jose for the last, you know, most of his career. So yeah, they, he has played in the playoffs and gone pretty far uh, in his. Was uh, he there when they went to the cup? Uh, no, he actually was. He came in the year after. Year um, after. He was there in 20, 2019 when they went to the conference finals against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So that is where he's at. So yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, the Devils got the guy that they wanted. This is the guy that they wanted since day one. You know, they 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 were at the top of you know, interested teams for months and the devils by hook or by crook found a way to get them. And I think what's scary for not just obviously Rangers fans, but the rest of the league is that the devils still have Alexander Holtz, Luke Hughes, who could very well come up to this lineup at season's end, especially when his college season comes to an end. So probably Nemetz, will. Simone, exactly. So Simone Nemetz is still in our system. And then you just have, uh, you have Dawson Mercer or Dawson Mercer as we like to call him dudes with a seven game, uh, goal streak right now playing at an unreal level so yeah i mean you, you can't help you you can't ask for much more if you're a devil's fan and you can't ask for much more if you're a rangers fan and these two teams are on a collision course whether we like to admit it or not are in a collision course to potentially play each other whether it's in the first round or at some point in these playoffs it's going to be and it's going to be something and later on this month the devils and rangers will play their last game against one another in the regular season and i think that's going to be one of the most anticipated matchups between the two we've had in a long time. Obviously, if everybody is healthy for that game. So we will see how things go. And um, yeah, bottom line, this is going to be, this is going to be one fun um, stretch, you know, down the stretch here in the next uh, 20-ish games that uh, both teams have. And uh, Johnny, man, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're very busy. you got a lot of different things uh, that you're doing today. But before I let you go, as I do with all my guests, kind of roll out the red carpet to let the Pete so that you can let the folks at home know where they can follow you and the podcast and everything. So floor is yours, my friend. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. And uh, you can just follow me on Twitter, jlazzy 23 Instagram, just Johnny Lazarus. And then you can follow the Blue Crew Pod also on Instagram and Twitter. And then I uh, do a lot of stuff with BR Open Ice. So follow them. And if you can please not kick my ass when I come to Prudential Center for the, the playoffs, that'd be highly appreciated. <laughs> I, I don't know if we can necessarily promise that. You know, we'll see. We, we have to see where things go uh-huh. uh, once we get to that point. I think Devils fans just want to get into the playoffs. I have um, one thing for you before I go. Actually, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. He's quickly showing us something. If you're if you're listening to this, if you're just listening to this, he's he's quickly getting something. Um, so he's got what what exactly is this going on? 
Oh my God, he's got the Brat Pack. Jesper Brat is the best player in the NHL shirt. Shout out to the Brat Pack, one of my best buddies and a uh, a fellow fan of the podcast. But that is great, man. I love that you have that shirt. Uh, that shirt. I wore it to the the Devils Oilers game earlier this year. He took me. Oh, he's, okay, a great, he's a great guy. Uh, I love BP. He treated me very well. Showed me a good time. Brought me to American whiskey. I did bet the Oilers money line and uh, I had to wear the shirt in uh, in response. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. But again, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on and taking some time uh, to do this, man. And we'll definitely have you on the podcast, maybe a little bit closer. And who knows, potential uh, Rangers-Devils uh, playoff preview, man. But thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your bidding options feel endless and with baseball season right around the corner you already know there's going to be tons of opportunities picking who's going to win the world series to all-star game voting and so so much more best of all DraftKings is safe secure and reliable and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use our promo code THPN make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Devils fans, we have our second guest joining us here on this edition of the Devil's State of My podcast, our trade deadline special. I don't think I've ever had more than one guest on in one episode, so I feel kind of... Uh, I feel kind of special today, but we've had this man on before. He is, without a doubt, my favorite uh, Boston Bruins content creator. He is one of the hosts of Balcony Chatter. It is with a, it is with great pleasure we welcome back Mr. Andrew McKinney. Andrew, how you doing today, my friend? And welcome back to the Devil State of Mind podcast. I'm good, man. I mean, it's hard to be bad when you have 100 points and a lot of good stuff going on, but I am uh, super thankful for you having me back on. I'm excited to talk about the trade deadline some of the players that you know we almost swap you know players that were on yeah. the Bruins now that were on the Devils and vice versa and um there's there's definitely a lot to to break down for just the, the deadline in general and then that too so I'm excited and we are excited to have you on I definitely wanted to get your perspective because first and foremost the Bruins have certainly been active over the last 24 to 48 hours in particular. And obviously you did mention it before the devils and Bruins have, uh, have worked out a trade. Now this was obviously back in the off season. That is the Devils sending Boston Pavel Zaka in exchange for Eric Hollis. So talk to us a little bit. I, I know devils fans don't want to talk about him anymore, but obviously you're on here. I want to get your perspective. Talk to us about what it, what it has been so far, how it's been, uh, with Pavel Zaka uh, with the Bruins. Yeah, man. I mean, I was psyched that he that he came to the Bruins because, as you guys know, I mean, he is a good player. Obviously, he he has a lot of potential, and I guess it probably depends on who he's playing with. You know, like if he if he's on a good line right now with with David Krejci and David Pasternak, I mean, it's hard to be on a better line than that. 
So, you know, I think that that has really helped him play and be better as a player. Um, Huge addition to this team. And, and I was psyched. And the fact that he's playing kind of above and beyond what we expected him to be is, I mean, even better. What more could you ask for? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I was curious to add that I was hoping we would talk about this because I was curious what you thought about when he got traded. Like, was that a bummer or were you kind of like he didn't play the devil's style or whatever it was? Like, what was up with that? I think I can speak for most Devils fans in saying that we were absolutely thrilled to get him off our team. <laughs> and let me explain why. Because yeah. obviously you're getting a, a, Pavel Z- a different Pavel Zaka than what we had seen the last six, seven years. I can't believe it's been that long that he was playing in New Jersey. The reality was is that when you look at number one, where he was selected and the players that followed him in that draft that he was taken in, At first, that's the first thing that kind of really frustrates you because he never lived up to the expectations that were given to him when he was drafted so high by the Devils about six, seven years ago. And the reality was is that he was a very hot and cold player. Uh, There were times where he really looked like he was finally getting it together, and then he would go seven, eight, almost ten games in a row without really doing much of anything. And I think that that was really kind of the – the problem and the frustration that that Zaka was giving Devils fans. And uh, I know that Mark Recchi, former assistant coach with the Devils and, uh, you know, former Boston Bruin, you know, he raved a lot about Pavel Zaka and said that he has a lot of potential. And Devils fans like myself couldn't see it because he wasn't really showing it. And I think that a lot of it had to do with, like you mentioned, who he plays with. That might be more of an indictment on who the Devils have in the roster, but considering what we've been doing this year, I don't think it really much is. I think Zaka, quite frankly, needed a new a new place. He needed a change of scenery, and I think what better way for him to go from the Devils to you know a tremendous team as well in the Boston Bruins and play with guys like Pasternak and Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Taylor Hall up until the fact that he was just put on long-term IL, which I didn't even realize he was hurt. So that was kind of a, that's a pretty big blow um, to the to even the not only the top six but even the bottom six considering where Hall has been playing. But you look at Zaka this year, sixteen goals, twenty seven assists, forty three points. He definitely has earned that contract extension he got from Boston. So in a, in a small way, I'm happy for him that sure. he's finally succeeding. It just wasn't going to happen in New Jersey. I think we gave him every chance possible. And it just wasn't going to work out. So that's that's sometimes how it goes. So, so that's really on, my feelings to, towards it. On the flip side of that, though, like how is Howla doing in place? Of, I mean, I, I know it was sort of a one for one trade, but I'm sure that it's not a one for one where they were in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, talking about Eric Halla. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, no, no. That, talking I, about I'm Eric Halla. Talking about Eric Halla when he came to the Devils. You know, he when he started this season, he was fitting in very well. He was contributing like everybody else was in late October, early November when we were going on a 13-game winning streak. Then when we really started to struggle, we put him on a line with Jack Hughes on the wing, which really wasn't the smartest thing because he wasn't contributing. He went a long period without scoring, and it was very frustrating. But the reason that it was frustrating was because the Devils, uh, we were playing him out of position and out of, you know, role, basically. He was not playing the role that he was brought in to play on that bottom six, um, bottom six pairing, you know, on the, you know, center position. So we're asking a lot from him. We were asking a lot from him on playing Jack Hughes's line. 
Now that he has gone back down to the bottom six over the last handful of games and bringing in Timo Meyer, he has played a lot better. He has definitely improved. He's got, you know, he's got a decent amount of points, 27 points in 60 games, five goals, 22 assists. He's pretty much, if you look at his body of work, done what we've asked him to do. He's a solid penalty killer. Um, You know, he does create some good opportunities and he's a speedy guy. So he fits in well with the rest of our team playing a fast paced game. So overall, it's been kind of an up and down year. But for the most part, speaking for myself personally, you know, Eric Hall has been, you know, what what we expected him to be. And I I think that's all we can really ask for him in acquiring him. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked him a lot as a player. But I mean, to your point, he is a bottom six guy like he if you ask him to play at the top, like, you know, in a pinch or in an injury or something like that. Like it's definitely, he's, he's a fine player for that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not the, that shouldn't be the goal and that shouldn't be where they expect or any team expects him to really play. He thrives down on that bottom. He's a grinder. I mean, I liked it. Like I said, I liked him a lot as a player. So um, at first I, w- I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was bummed about the trade because I do like Zaka as a player. I have a good friend who's a, a massive devils fan and he was always like a Zaka guy. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he was like, you know, I like this guy a lot. I want him to succeed. I want to see him play well. And and so I was psyched when he came here and I because I had we had talked about him a handful of times. And right. And uh, yeah, like I, I was excited about the trade, but um, I, I think that it worked out well for both teams. I think that's the best way you could look at it in one way or yeah. another. And I mean, look, is Eric Holla going to be on the Devils next year? Probably not. I mean, considering all the young guys we have coming up and the, the flexibility we'll have to make other moves, uh, I, I don't expect him to come back, uh, but we'll see. You know, and obviously we'll see how he performs the rest of the year. He's facing off against his former team, the Vegas Golden Knights, later tonight. So maybe he'll have a little extra motivation going into that one, but yeah, no, the I think the trade has worked out in one way or another for both sides. Definitely uh, for Boston considering. And I think that, uh, you know, it was just something that had to be made. Now, the other moves, which have happened over the last couple of days, just like the Devils, Boston didn't feel like waiting till Friday to do the moves that they wanted to do. <laughs> the first one that kind of just shocked the whole world, I, I feel like it really kind of kick-started everybody else was – the Bruins acquiring Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway from the Washington Capitals in exchange for Craig Smith, who is one of my low-key favorite players in the NHL um, because of his physicality and all that. Really like the guy. A 2023 first, a 2025 second, and a 2024 third. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Orlov has gotten almost a point in every game since he got to Boston or pretty close to it. He has uh. been... Flying he so has, far, I think he has eight points in four games. That's geez. he has three three goals, and then obviously he has assists as well. But no, uh, yeah, at least three goals. Yeah, in the in the game against Calgary the other night, he had two goals. Um, he, I mean, the guy's been a machine. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He, he, we all have known that he's a great defenseman and that he's a great player. But I mean, he slotted in so seamlessly so far, and to to a defense that has already been fairly good. I mean, you have McAvoy and Lindholm who are studs in this league. And then you have other guys who are, who are, are great players as well. I mean, he slotted in there and I mean, he solidified his spot on the defense because, yeah. you know, for the last couple games, we've been kind of switching out the other players that mm-hmm. we have. I mean, at this point we have a, a spoil of riches almost where it's like, we have a bunch of good defensemen 
and they can't all play. So yeah. it's like we have to try to figure out who's going to work well, who's going to pair well in the playoffs. And so far, I mean, we knew that he was going to be one of the guys who was always in there. But, I mean, nobody expected eight points in four games from this guy. I don't, I don't care how good he is. Like, that, that's that's like a, kind of unheard of for a guy that just comes on to a team yeah. that just is like getting acclimated to sort of what's going on. He just came in and was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good to go. So. Yeah, he, he stepped right in and was like, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. It's fine. Yeah. So let, me, let me go play. And that's exactly what he has done. I mean, it's – but I feel like at this point, especially with the way Boston has played this year all year, nothing they do at this point surprises me. Just the success they're having, just nothing at this point surprises me. Man, I, I it's really tough because I, I can – confidently say that i am a superstition guy like i'm like i'm not yeah. saying that anything's a given i'm not <laughs> saying that we're winning anything because i've seen what happens in the playoffs especially to like president's trophy winners and good teams and like the 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 word yeah. is that the president's trophy is a curse so you know i i fully believe in the fact that like it's not over till it's over and and that goes for both ways that's like right. if you're down in a series it's not over till it's over if you're yeah. up in a series i mean look at toronto every year it, you know, right. stuff like that, it, it, there's no way to know in this league, but it looks good and they look like, I mean, they're dominating teams everywhere. Mm. I, I mean, they're dominating good teams. Um, I mean, so, Buffalo's no pushover and the Bruins blew them out. Like, I think it was what, only what, two to nothing or one to nothing after two periods? It wasn't, it was a close game for like the good majority of it. After, after the first, last night, it was zero, zero. So I was right. like, man, this game is kind of boring so far. And then, uh, yeah, they scored a couple in the second, and then just blew it open and scored a touchdown in the in the third period. And yeah. uh, you know, it's I don't know, man. It's there's no, there's been no point. I mean, obviously, if you look at the record that they have as well, there's been no point in the season where I've been really worried in a game. If we go up in a game, and I'm like, oh, cool, we're up two goals. I don't ever expect a team to come back. Obviously, playoffs will be different, but like. In a, in a lot of regular seasons, I mean, I have season tickets. I go to every single game. I've missed like two games in seven or eight seasons. So oh, it's yeah. like. And you have good seats. If you guys don't follow uh, Balcony Chatter on uh, Instagram, I'd highly recommend to because he gives you he gives you a good perspective where he's sitting. It's some <laughs> good seats. Balcony, you know, so so we're as advertised. But um, yeah, man, it's it's just like every year there's always that where it's like, is this, is this team going to come back? Are they going to beat up, you know? I haven't felt that this year. It's like when we get up, it feels like it's done, you know. And and again, I do I do not expect that to happen in the playoffs. Everyone is going to be trying to. Not to mention, like everybody wants to take us down, even in the regular season, because it's like you want to beat the best. It's right. just to prove that you're they're the real deal, you know. So the games that we have lost this year, I mean, we deserve to lose them, but we have. I think we have eight losses regulation i mean overtime losses is a little bit different but like we're not even in double digit losses nope so it's wild it, it's fun man it, it is super fun and i don't know i think just adding like even players on the team being like we were able to add who to this team like we're so good and we we were able to add players that are that caliber of like orlov and and i mean hathaway is playing third fourth line but like the toughness and the depth mm -hmm. it's just like we were able to do that and then getting a guy like Bertuzzi now it's like right wh what is how is this happening <laughs> I was gonna mention right because then like what two days ago the the Bruins once again just throw out a bombshell 
by acquiring Tyler Batuzzi from the Detroit Red Wings for a 2024 first and a 2025 fourth. Now, clearly the Bruins have the uh, attitude that the Rams had uh, in the NFL a couple years ago, which is, and I quote, fuck them picks. Uh, (laughs) They are going out and getting, not only are they getting guys who could score, but aggressive players. Now, Bertuzzi's having an off year scoring-wise, but that doesn't mean he can't get hot at any moment. But this dude brings physicality. Yep. He is a grinder. He annoys the crap out of other players on other teams. I'm sure Boston has gotten very used to dealing with Tyler Bertuzzi over the last couple of years. But the, the Bruins take advantage of a Red Wings team that just decided they don't feel like trying to get into the playoffs. They've done literally gotten rid of everybody they could. And you could see how much it hurt Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Was it, yesterday, yeah. he talked in the media and he broke down because that was his best friend. They grew up together yeah. in the in the system. Um, and now Bertuzzi gets shipped off to Boston, uh, no pun intended. But yeah, I mean, talk to us about Bertuzzi, who I think, has he made his debut yet or not yet? Oh, so that just happened yesterday. And, and he... Uh, he's supposed to play on Saturday. We have we're, we have some guys that are a little bit banged up, um, as you can imagine, at this point in the season. But, right. I mean, th- this is the thing, and I think that you've probably noticed this, like just being a hockey fan, watching the playoffs as they go. You know, the tougher teams are typically the ones that tend to to roll through the playoffs. And, like, for, for speaking from experience of, like, the Bruins in 2011 – they they were one of the toughest teams I you know we've seen in a long time. Everybody yeah. on that team was like, you do not want to mess with any of them. And then, and then again from experience, playing the Blues in 2019, as much as it hurts that we lost, we got outmuscled in that in that series. We got outworked. Like the hard, the heavier team won. And every year in the playoffs, I always complain to friends to you know a- anybody that will listen to me. We always get bullied off the puck. We always get bullied in the series. And that's what ends up being our downfall aside from, I mean, of course, they score more goals than you. You're going to lose. Like, that's just, yeah. that just is what it is. But the physicality means so much in the playoffs that there is nothing that anybody can say about Don Sweeney at this point that he didn't go all in and he didn't do what it takes to get the players that we need to make a run to the finals mm-hmm. and possibly win by adding so much, like, toughness to this team Hathaway a player that everybody hates that would love to have them on his team like he is now on the Bruins and I don't have to hate him anymore uh Bertuzzi is a player that I've always loved like his game and the fact that he's so tough and the fact that he's annoying now he's on the Bruins it's like yeah they from the bottom six they are just stacked as far as they have players who can you don't see fights in the playoffs typically that's just not what it is no. but they have players who can kind of you know, bang around and uh, make sure that nobody's trying to take advantage of your team and take out your good players that can actually score for you. Mm-hmm. So adding a guy like Bertuzzi, like, again, it's how do how does this happen? I understand right. the Orlov trade and, and the Hathaway trade because it's like, yes, please give up that first round pick for 2023 because it's probably going to be one of the last picks in the first round. So right. it's not like we're trading away a top five pick or a top 10 even. You know, mm-hmm. this is something that this is win now. Bergeron and Krejci, or Bergeron specifically, is at the end of his career. Um, we want to win it for him and all that. So, I mean, these moves are necessary. And mortgaging a couple years of draft picks when you 
are playing so well and you have such a good team and if you add to it there's even more potential to win is just what's necessary and i mean i i couldn't be happier with the moves i mean obviously we didn't get a guy that's going to go out there and has 30 or 40 goals but like you said i mean bertuzzi could be that guy he had 30 last year he's coming off a couple injuries but it all depends on who gets hot at the right time Exactly. And so, I mean, you look at the Bruins at the end of the day and they they literally made the decision that they didn't want to have um, any stone unturned. I mean, they wanted to make sure that this team had no holes and that they they go into the playoffs feeling we have no deficiencies. We just got to go out there and win. And I think and again, like you mentioned, playoffs is a whole different animal. But, you know, clearly the Bruins are. The team to be not just in the Eastern Conference, but in the NHL. And, uh, you know, they are going to be something to go up against once we get to the playoffs. Now, the biggest news, though, is something that it took months, matter of fact, almost a year, to finally get done. And the funny thing about it is that it was announced so nonchalantly. Like, it wasn't made as big of a deal as I thought it should have been. Like, yeah, yeah. somebody mentioned it to me in casual, like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, pasta resign. And I'm like, isn't that more of a big deal than it yeah, should? Yeah, like, yeah. Shouldn't that be a big deal? But it it just wasn't. It was, and I guess maybe because all of the big moves in the trade deadline, it just kind of snuck its way in there. But yeah. the Bruins announced that they have finally, finally gotten an extension done with David Posnock. Eight years, $90 million. Once again, somewhat of a steal you think about it it's still market value but it's it feels like a steal uh for me we'll pay and the and beginning next season Bruins will pay an average salary of 11.25 million per season he will carry the sixth highest salary cap charge in the nhl and he will make 13.6 percent of next season's salary cap upper limit and since the cap fluctuates by year comparing players by that figure makes for a more even comparison and so by percentage of the cap, Pasternak is only 11th in the NHL. Um, I mean, honestly, Andrew, how does it feel to know you got the man they call Pasta locked in Boston for pretty much the rest of his career? You know, it, it's funny because on our on Balcony Chatter every week we talk about, and maybe not every week, but a lot of times over this season, Tim, my co-host, will ask me, he's like, what is your concern level now? that we have, we still haven't signed pasta and every week I get a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And it, you know, I was already, I was already like as high as I could be as far as being nervous because did I think that they were going to let him walk away? No, but there is always that possibility. You yeah. know, if, if they don't get a deal done and they go into the free agency or they go into the off season and whatnot, there is a possibility. I mean, he could have right. been like, look, I don't think that, you know, Bergeron retires and Krejci retires, and I don't think that we're going to make a run anytime soon, and I don't want to spend my prime in a rebuild. So that was my biggest concern, and the fact that they finally got it done, I think myself and every other Bruins fan that isn't the Boston sports media uh, is breathing a sigh of relief because it finally got done. I mean, he's he's when you see events like the All-Star Game and you see things like that where – you actually get to see his personality. It's like, you don't want to let a guy like that go. No, I mean, every time that they do an all-star game or they interview him for something, he's always like the most entertaining person. I mean, he's got that like swagger about him. He's a, mm -hmm. he's a fun guy. He's a guy that is easy to root for. 
So it's like, you don't want to let a guy like that go. We love him. Yeah. We want him to stay here forever. So, you know, hopefully this is a, a contract on the way to keeping him here forever. I mean, eight years is a long time, but I don't know that that's the end of his career at that point. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we got him locked up for then. So that I'm, I'm super happy. And I think that, you know, it is tough because 11.25, that is what he would, any team would pay that and more. Um, if he had gone to free agency. I'd so like, yeah. it is a lot when you think about teams like Toronto and teams like the Islanders with Barzal, where they're like, they, they load all this money into one player and then you struggle to put a team around them. But 11.25, if the cap goes up a little bit, I mean, it's going to look like almost nothing when McDavid gets his next contract. That's going to be like 15 million or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I, I couldn't be happier. I love pasta. I, I it's so fun to watch him play, and he's such a fan favorite that you know yeah. it would have been a bummer to see him go anywhere. And and who knows? I mean, with Bergeron inevitably retiring within the next few years, who knows if he's the next captain or if McAvoy's the next captain? But you got a couple of those core guys locked up for a long time, so it, it's fun to be a fan right now. And I know that Devils fans might not want to hear this because, again, we do have Jack Hughes, who ultimately is going to finish top three in the MVP voting. And uh, would I like would I like to hope that maybe he could somehow sneak it past McDavid? Yes, but I know it's not going to happen because <laughs> McDavid is McDavid. He's just on his own level. Um, but I've said it before that my favorite player in the NHL is David Postnock because of the player that he is, the personality that he yeah. is. And, you know... As much as I have said in the past, and and Andrew knows this, how much I would have loved to have seen David Postenock rock an 88 in Devils Red and Black. I was dreaming about it last offseason when they put out, when the Athletic put out that absurd article, which clearly turned out to not be true at all. Um, you know, I, he's he's a he's a great player, but I'm I'm happy that Boston was able to lock him up. This gives me an excuse now to finally get his jersey because I did not know. I did not know, obviously, if they were going to re-sign him. But now that they did, I kind of feel more comfortable about it. But he's a great player, having a phenomenal year. I mean, an absolutely phenomenal year and a contract year. But this is also who Pasenak is as a player. And he is the guy that's going to be one of the main guys that, that the Bruins are going to look to to really get this team where it needs to be, not only this season, but moving forward. And I think yeah, that the Bruins are... Excited. And remember, the Bruins, I think now, even with Pasta, only have, I think, five or six forwards signed for next season. Like, they have a lot of guys coming off the books. So that's something interesting just in terms of cap that uh, they're still going to have room to maneuver and build around Pasta. Yeah. I think, you know, to be honest with you, it was going back to Zaka for a second and, like, I think that that had a lot to do with getting the deal done. Like, it's not the only thing, but... I mean, he's another Czech guy. They play very well together. Um, I heard apparently they're really good friends also. Like they I hang out a lot off the yeah. ice. Like they're really good friends. Yeah. So I think that that extension probably made Pasta feel like, okay, they are willing to do things to, uh, you know, build the team for a while and, you know, willing to do things that will make me happy and make me want to stay here. I mean, mm -hmm. kind of why Krejci, well, I know Krejci wanted to come back anyway, but. Um, them actually bringing Krejci back and getting him on board and all of that, I'm sure had a big part in showing Pasta, like, look, we care about what you want as well. Because I know that that's, that kind of factors into, you know, making other players happy, obviously, is how you get deals done. 
If a player doesn't want to be on your team because they don't think that you're going to ever do anything good for them or show them like that you're willing to do stuff, then why wouldn't you walk? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the Bruins mission accomplished. They did what they needed to do, not only at the trade deadline, but to lock down one of the best players and certainly their best player um, to a long-term extension. So the Bruins, in my opinion, get pretty much an A-plus for what they've done um, up until this point with moves. So now, Edra, I want to get your take on the New Jersey Devils. Um, I asked uh, Johnny Lazarus uh, earlier about his take, and obviously him being covering the Rangers and being a Rangers fan is a little bit more a little bit more harder pill to swallow. I don't know. It's probably not the same in Boston. I'm sure you guys look at us and go, the tough team, we don't hate them, but they're they're there, you know, third place overall in the NHL right now. But clearly the biggest move was Timo Meyer. But before I get to the Timo Meyer deal, I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on Curtis Lazar. And I know a lot of Devils fans are like, why the hell are you asking him about Curtis Lazar? Well, it turns out that Curtis Lazar is a former Boston Bruin who, if I'm not mistaken, was part of the Taylor Hall trade that got Taylor Hall to Boston. He ended up in Buffalo. I think he was part of the deal, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're Um, right. Yeah, I think you're right. And Curtis Lazar currently, well, not currently, well, currently he's with the Devils, but he was traded from the Vancouver Canucks to the Devils earlier today uh, for a 2024 fourth round pick. Bruce Boudreaux, former Canucks head coach, raved about his personality raved about him being a really good locker room guy. He has a ton of playoff experience. Uh, he's not a big scorer. He kind of described himself as a meat and potatoes type player. Yeah, Definitely exactly. an interesting way yeah. to describe himself. But for Devils fans, Andrew, give us a little bit of your opinion of Curtis Lazar and what the Devils um, could expect from a guy like him. So I actually, I love Lazar. I think that he is a great player. He's another one of those grinder guys. Like in, he's, He's a, a stick up for his teammates guy. He is uh, constantly giving it a hundred percent. I was kind of bummed, that, like so. You you look in you look at the bottom like of a lot of teams, and you're like you you really fall in love with some of these guys as players because it's like I'm a I'm a fan of sort of that old time hockey thing, and that's not really what Lazar is, but he grinds every shift, and he's constantly annoying on the puck mm-hmm. and causing turnovers. Um, I, I, I really did like him a lot as a player. And I think that he will be a good addition to the devils. Should they really put him in a spot of like opportunity? I don't know if that's probably a fourth line spot is my guess, but yeah, that would be uh, the expectation. Um, maybe third line, you know, we, we've been talking throughout the day about where he fits, not like in a means pair, but we're curious to know where Lindy Ruff wants to play him. We have the BMW line of Nate Bastion, Michael McLeod and, and Miles Wood, it seems like to me that Boquist would be the odd man out, and that would kind of suck because Boquist has had a pretty solid year on that third line. Um, maybe Nate Bastion comes out of the line. I don't know, um, but we'll, we'll see. But that's kind of the way that we're all looking at it as well. That's the other thing too, though, is like even if for some reason he he was the odd man out or um, you know you got players that are, are playing well that he's slotting in for, the depth, like having him as a depth player is, is great. Like even if he mm-hmm. was just on your, on your, you know, on the, in the press box for the playoffs until they needed him or whatever it was like, he is an amazing depth player. And again, he's going to grind it out in any opportunity that he gets. It's like, he, he takes advantage of that. And I think that he'll be a good addition for sure, which, you know, again, I, I fall in love with those players that really 
I guess they call them blue collar players. They just grind every single shift and like they're annoying. And if they have to stick up for their teammates, they will. So, you know, I I would, I would welcome that on any bottom six of any team. And, And the devils, you know, I think a lot of devils fans as the day progressed and we looked more into Curtis Lazar and we saw his media availability, you know, really liked the guy. He's got a great personality. He's excited to come to New Jersey. Um, he won't be in the lineup tonight against Vegas. I think the earliest he could probably get here is maybe Sunday. He's got to work through immigration uh, things coming from Canada to the United States. Um, he's actually good friends with Eric Halla. Uh, yeah. So they so they used to work out together. Same thing with Dougie Hamilton. So there you go, more Bruins connections. Uh, yeah. See, the Devils and Bruins have a lot of connections, Devils fans. <laughs> like, just understand that. Like, that's right. that's really what we're at. There. And also... He actually has more than one year. He has two years left on his contract at $1 million per year. So the Devils that's have great. him for very cheap. Yeah, that's great. So that's really good. So, again, Tom Fitzgerald looking for term. That was what he was looking for, and he got that. Well, hopefully he'll get it signed and all that stuff with Timo Meyer. But, like, he's getting term guys. So definitely looking forward to seeing what Curtis Lazar. He's going to be wearing 42, which is a – Weird number to look at, um, but that's fine. Uh, but obviously, Andrew, the, the, the guy that I really wanted to get your thoughts on is the fact that the Devils were able to acquire their, their the guy they've been trying to get for months, and that is Timo Meyer. They got him 50% retained from San Jose, gave up uh, Fabian Zetelin, Shakira Mukamadulin, Nikita Ahutuk, a 2023 conditional first, a 2024 conditional second, and a 2024 seventh round pick. Also gave up uh, Andreas Johnson in the deal. So the Devils were able to get Timo Meyer for, I mean, they were able to get him without having to give up Luke Hughes, Simone Metz, Alexander Holtz, Dawson Mercer, or any of those guys. And they have him for the, the rest of the season, you know, and hopefully moving forward, you know, long-term. Devils definitely looking to get a long-term deal signed with him and also Jesper Bratt. Uh, but yeah, give me your thoughts on the Devils acquiring Timo Meyer from San Jose. Man, that that is a uh, first of all, that's a huge move, and it's a much different team than than you saw in December when you were in New Jersey. It's a much right. different team. So, I mean, the Devils were still they were playing well at that point and and whatnot. But I mean, they they obviously being third in the league, it's it's that's no joke. I mean, they're, they're they're a serious team, and and if if other teams out there like don't take them seriously, they're not gonna they're not gonna stack up well against them like they're they're not a team to to take lightly and being able to add a big player like that like look i'm i'm a bruins fan through and through they're my team i love them so much um but i also you know if if i was to watch another team i would watch i watch a lot of sharks games and things like that so seeing timo meyer play he's a great player um and and i think that that's a again it's a huge addition and I just hope for you guys that you can get him signed because you gave up a lot to get a rental potentially. So I guess my question to you is if they don't get him re-signed, how, first of all, of course you'll be upset because you lose a player like Timo. Right, of course. Yeah. But how, how really how upset would you be for what you gave up? I think when you look at what the devils gave up, it's not going to be as angry as we would have been if we had to give up Dawson Mercer or Holtz or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, the reality is, is that we still also have to pay Jesper Bratt. So if we don't keep Meyer and still end up keeping Jesper Bratt, I think Devils fans will be sort of okay with it just because of the fact that 
We still have our core guys and everything like that. The expectation is, is that Meyer wants to be here long-term and that the Devils are going to, you know, do it. They wanted to get an extension done involved in this trade. It was just taking too much time. They just weren't going to get it done. So the Devils just over the 24 to 48 hours leading up to the trade, they accepted that they were just not going to get him to an extension right away. So I think what the Devils are going to do is they are going to try to get Jesper Bratt signed first because Tom Fitzgerald spoke earlier today on NHL Network and also on ESPN and said, we are pretty much in the midst of getting a deal done with Jesper Bratt. We, we, we clearly have been talking over the last couple of weeks, and I think a deal is going to get done before the season ends. So the good news with that is that that will give us a better idea as to how much money we have in the offseason and what Timo Meyer could be looking for. Um, Tom Fitzgerald doesn't want to pay anybody more than Jack Hughes. Um, which I think is that's hard. fair. <laughs> I think that's it is, fair, it is fair, but considering the deal that Jack Hughes has, it's kind of like it's not as much as you think. He's making like eight something, you know, eight and a half million. He's not even making nine. Yeah. And but that's that was before he took off this year. So again, that contract looks like a damn steal considering all the situation. But Fitzgerald talked about the team has bought in. There's a lot of guys that are willing to take a little less money. Kind of like, you know, the, the old, as everybody says, the Bruins way of thinking, yep. taking a little less money to keep the, everybody together. And I think that I think that that's really what we have right now. And I, I'm not worried about losing Timo Meyer, but if that were to happen, first of all, we could still get something for him because he's a restricted free agent. So if somebody wants to sign him, you know, we they, we get assets for him back. Sure. We get first round picks. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll happen. I think I'm more worried about the Jesper Brad situation because, like you said, with Pasternak, the longer it goes, the more nervous I get that we're not getting a deal done for a guy that's part of our core. Right. But we also don't know what his market value is. Like Pasta was a little bit easier to kind of figure out. Jesper Bratz night and day like he's he can be very hot and cold so it's kind of a it's a it's a fluid situation but it sounds like we're much closer to a deal than we originally thought so but to answer your question in full it would suck to lose Timo Meyer after what we've done um but it wouldn't be the um the be all and end all let's put it that way yeah it's just when you read off to me exactly what you guys gave up it sounds like so much, and I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know anything at all about those prospects or those players that you guys gave up. So I don't know if that was like, you know, top guys for you guys in, in the AHL or anything like that. So it just feels like, you know, giving up all of that for a rental. And again, assuming you guys don't win at all. If you win at all, it doesn't even matter. You know, right, like, like if you lose them, we're way ahead of schedule at that point. I mean, we're way ahead of schedule. Yeah, right. It would still suck, but you won. So it, it kind of is justified of like, well, we but we got this guy because we wanted to win. We thought yeah. that he could help us with that. And we did, you know, yeah. so I don't know. It's definitely an amazing pickup. I think um, I'm glad that he went to New Jersey as opposed to carolina or wherever else they were talking about him potentially going because yeah. you know I, again the devils are a great team uh but i don't want to see carolina or tampa or toronto right. or any of them get better than they already are mm-hmm. i think that getting him, him getting added to the devils 
definitely helps your team and helps them be better than they already were. But I don't know. I just get scared of adding him to another team. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean to, again, I don't mean to sound like the devils aren't uh, a problem, but I don't know. I feel like those other teams are kind of like juggernauts as far as Carolina. And we're the new kids on the block. I think that's yeah, the other thing that, that we got to understand. Like we haven't, the, the Devils at times have not earned their stripes yet. Like, again, this is, we are still the surprise of the NHL. Sure. And we got to see what happens in the playoffs. I think next year, the, the entire league is going to be like, okay, now we have to, we have to put them in the same, you know, echelon as the top teams in the league because of yeah. what they've been able to do. So, like, it's still, it, you look at, like you mentioned, you know, you add him to a Carolina or even a Vegas or even. Right. The Rangers, when they originally, you know, interested in him, and you just say to yourself, God, that is just way too much firepower. The Devils, exactly. they were the perfect fit for Timo, and Timo was a perfect fit for New Jersey. Not saying he wasn't a perfect fit for other teams, but the Devils made the most sense at the end of the day. And if he re-signs, I mean, that that just helps with the fact that the it'll be – I mean, I say the same thing about the Rangers, but, like, the Rangers and the Devils have probably gone through the fastest rebuilds I've ever seen. From like the actual start of when they were like, all right, we're gonna really try to build this team. It, it was like a couple of years, and they and they were all of a sudden back at the top of like yeah. the, the East and and making a push and making and becoming a problem. Like yeah. the, the the Rangers are, are a problem. You know they they, they have a stacked team. Um, I just don't know if I'm afraid of them. <laughs> I mean, De- Devils fans certainly are not afraid yeah. of having the challenge of potentially playing him in the first round. Like we yeah. welcome it. Ranger, uh, I'm speaking to John and Lazarus earlier today, and you know he spoke about that would be one team I don't want to face in the first round. He actually is hoping that the Devils jump Carolina and win the division yeah. so that we play them later on in the playoffs. And kind of, you know, don't face at least the embarrassment of maybe losing in the first round. So it's kind of a weird position for Devils fans to be in a position where other teams are respect, respectively fearing our team. And that's kind of a weird position to be in because we're not used to that. Well, I mean, that's just the thing is like they you. I, I think it's the same for me with the Devils and the Rangers. It's like I don't fear them, but I respect the fact that they are a good team and that they are stacked and that they are right. building a good future. Like I, I hope that none of this comes back to bite me where I say, I'm not afraid <laughs> of this team and that team. And then we end up losing in the playoffs or something, but right. um, you know, it's just, it's tough to be afraid of any team this year with the way the Bruins are playing, you know, yeah. I, again, the playoffs is a completely different beast, but um, it doesn't look like anybody is on the Bruins level right now. Right. That's so, a fair point. It's and I very, hope it stays that way, but you never yeah, know. Absolutely. So bottom line is the trade deadline has officially come and gone. No other moves can be made in terms of trades. And now we get into the very fun part of the playoff, uh, getting into the playoffs of the playoff stretch here and yep. getting ready for the playoffs in a couple weeks, both the Bruins and Devils, about 20-ish games left to go in the season. And we'll see where That's everything great. I know it's crazy that we're at this point now and we'll see where things uh, end up once we get to the end of the regular season. Andrew, man, it it was a pleasure to have you on. Um, You know, I consider you a really good friend, really, really love what you guys do with the balcony chatter. I know people who are listening, not 
Bruins fans or Boston fans, especially if you live in New Jersey, understandably so. But if you are interested in listening to these guys, they do a great job. And uh, they also have some pretty sick merch. Uh, I, I haven't gotten any myself yet, but I'm definitely it's, planning it's on in the mail. doing so. It's in the mail. <laughs> all right, fair enough. But, uh, but Andrew, man, before I let you go, because I do this with all my guests, I like to roll out the red carpet and kind of let you let the folks at home know where they can check uh, your socials out and all the stuff with the podcast. So the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. First of all, I do want to say though, I, you know, I love New Jersey. I want you guys to know that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on like you a said this to me in person, by the way, we met I, up at one of the devil's birds games. You said this yeah, in yeah. person. I love New Jersey. I don't know. Like I know a lot of people have a lot of hate for it, but, um, I think I would, I would say 10, Nine times out of ten, I want I would rather live in New Jersey than New York, and I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this now will probably be happy that I said that. Um, but yeah, man, I I think the I don't know, it's just it's fun. It's it's definitely fun. I want to come back out there. I hope that we play each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I I'm looking forward to hopefully both of us being there because I will be It'll back be a out there for sure. That would be um, a matchup of matchups for sure in the playoffs. Yeah. That'd be a good time. But yeah, I mean, if anybody out there listening uh, cares about anything that has to do with Boston sports, whether, well, we kind of cover Celtics and Bruins, but obviously both teams are doing well now. So it's been pretty fun for us this season. I wish I could say the same about my Nets, but we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. hopefully, the Nets don't get abs- hopefully the Nets don't get blown out tonight. They probably will, but maybe I'm wrong. I never know. Yeah, you never know. But. Let's see what happens. I'm just happy that superstars are not on my team anymore. There you go. Well, so. yeah, I mean, we're we're we have a podcast called Balcony Chatter. We release an episode every week where we talk about uh, Bruins, Celtics, and then NHL as well. I mean, and, and NBA. So it's not just about the Bruins or the Celtics, but um, you know, we talk about everything. And obviously, we're going to do an episode about the trade deadline too today. I, I don't know if you feel the same, but today was pretty underwhelming because everybody had already gotten traded you know the deadline day is usually yeah deadline day is usually like national refresh twitter day and it wasn't quite like that it was sort of like nothing really big happened so um so yeah i mean we're gonna do an episode this weekend to talk about all that stuff and i you know i would love to have you on and have you give your thoughts on it and give uh some of our fans a different perspective than just listening to us like babble on about stuff every week so um so yeah we'll definitely have to do that and we'll we'll uh again i hope i hope man i would love to come out there for an easter conference final well yeah man you know just say when and where and i will definitely uh jump on would love would love to do that love just talking hockey no matter what the situation is but uh but yeah man we'll, we'll definitely see where where the uh the chips lie, um, you know, in the next couple of months. But Andrew, man, thank you so much for coming on again. And uh, down the road, man, I'm sure we'll definitely have you back on the podcast. But thank you again for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you.